Welcome to the Assistance Together podcast. My name is Henrietta Barker and I started the podcast at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. There was a huge shift for assistance in every aspect of their work and life and I wanted to make a space where you could have access to some of the most experienced trainers, and leaders in our assistant community, as well as hearing other assistants' experience of what it was like working during this time. This podcast is one of the most fun things I've ever done. It's been so great to get to know some of you, and I am excited about sharing many more episodes over the next few months. Don't forget to rate and review so that other people can find it easily and make sure you follow us on social. We are just about everywhere, so come and say hello. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you for listening. you cannot miss this episode. This is a very special episode with Lauren Bradley, founder of The Officials, and it takes a slightly different format to what you might be used to. Lauren has been a popular guest on the podcast before, and our conversations about careers, the industry and job searches have gone on for hours. That's why we thought we'd share one of them with you. Plus, earlier this year, I created a course for The Officials, called Success Planning for Career Growth. We know what it's like, you're busy and you like your job, so you aren't thinking about how you can shape your career and how to position yourself to get the opportunities that you want. Or you need a job and you're not sure what is going wrong in your job search. This course and the one Lauren created for the officials called Getting the Job will help you work this out. When we did a webinar about the course called Land Your Dream Job through intentional and strategic planning, we knew we had more to say. You can find the link to that webinar below, by the way, if you'd like to watch it for free. That's why Lauren and I deep dive into how you can really shape your career in the way you want to in this episode and why we've decided to record it and share it with you instead of keeping everything to ourselves. This course I created can be used at any time in your career to really assess where you are and how you can move forward. You can access the course as part of the officials membership. Go to jointheofficials.com where you can get access to an incredibly supportive community and fantastic courses with loads of amazing trainers. Or you can go to jointheofficials.com forward slash career growth to check out the course that I wrote. To buy the course on its own, it is usually 37 American dollars, but you can also receive a discount using the code careergrowth, all one word, which gives you $10 off at checkout. We are really busting myths about job searching and careers here, and you can find all the information about the officials, the courses we mentioned, the webinar we did, and how you can get in touch with Lauren in the show notes. Enjoy. we get into a difficult economy the same in 2008 and of course it's natural we all panic there's a certain amount of panic and when you hear that large people are being you know large quantities of people are being let go from their jobs numbers are the highest that they've been it creates a panic and an uncertainty 
but we have to still go back to basics because the basics of a job search are the same whatever the economy whether you're in a candidate driven market a client driven market the basics are always going to remain the same and that should be reassuring in a way because you don't have to do anything remarkably different to to get success in a difficult economy yeah i think uh it's it's more just putting on those blinders and it's very hard to go zen and tune it out and 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 get very insular and think this is just my race don't worry about the race that i'm having with everybody else but it really does help and it really does i mean i believe anyone can get a job right now anyone it just depends on what's available. You have to look at all the resources that are around you, but you have control over that. Then you have control of the decisions that you make based on what you want and what's out there, how much control you have. And, and all you can do is put your head down and cause there's enough work. Everyone has enough work right now on their own CV and their own, uh, audit, as you call it, doing their own audit of where they are right now and getting the, the bigger picture of where they want to be. So it's like, it's not just your CV, your LinkedIn profile, your interview techniques. It's not just all those things that are going to get you the job. It's starting with what you can control, which is, well, where do I want to be? And I think things like the pandemic or recessions make you realize you have nothing to lose sometimes. <laughs> so you can I, a lot of creativity has come out of this because suddenly what we thought we're so used to these certain ways of doing things. And then when it's all pulled out from under you, I've seen such amazing innovation this year and creativity and so many people that are starting their own businesses or changing what their job titles they want or pitching it into projects that because they have to now, because there's less employees there have really been just heart filling almost to see, like, I love this creative problem solving that's happening. And you can do that. People can do this right now with their own career and realize that they can define what they want to do with their life and then make the map that gets them there. And then, then we start talking to them about their CVs, what industry they want to be in, how are their interview techniques, but it all starts with that audit as you, as we kind of called it in this. Yeah. The self-reflection element is really important. And I, and I, Lauren and I did a webinar about the course recently. And one of the things that I say is that I really don't want you to use your last or current job as your benchmark for what you're going to go for next. If we're only looking at what we've done, then we can't really identify where we want to be. And I feel like that. That's that's can be difficult within the assistant community because recruiters like certainty. So they like to know that you've done the job already and, and employers do too, because that feels easier. So, but if we're only looking at what you've already done, then there isn't any room for you to grow into your next role. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I feel like that's something, that's why the audit is important because it's about redefining what is important for you in your career rather than just taking the next logical step according to what someone else has told you 
would be a great way for you to move forward in your career. It's putting you back into the process, which yeah. we we forget about. We we're like, okay, I need to get out of here. I can't take it anymore. That's a, that's as far as the I goes. I got to get out, yeah. or I'm ready to move on. This isn't fulfilling me anymore. And then it's who will take me? Yeah. Where will I fit? And and there are some people that do get this concept, but usually it takes years of experience mm-hmm. to get to that point. And but no one ever told me this before. I wish someone had told me this before, but I found even from a younger age that I was better at understanding my place in the equation as far as like once I got the interview and I started to better understand, um, I always said, just get me the interview, I'll get the job. Like, just get me, if you can get me in the interview. And now I've, now I've realized I can get myself in the interview. I've gotten to that, yeah. but it it's, I have more control over it than I think. And I think for assistance, that's a hard concept because we, a lot of us have fallen into the role because we just were solving a problem. And then we found out we liked it. And a lot of assistants fell into it because we are problem solvers were scrappy. We want to just fix things. And so when we get into that role, then we realize that we sometimes are at the, like, I just saw a pyramid in a leadership book of who is where. And it said like operations, administrative, and it was the bottom of the pyramid. And I was like, oh, that didn't sit right with me because then you think, okay, well then there's executive assistants, chiefs of staff at the top, but it's like this weird leap. And so assistants really have a hard time with this what is their hierarchy? What is their framework? I meet so many assistants that once they do get in, they want to know why they're not getting a raise within three months. Why? Because it started because you took an offer that was too low, possibly. um, And you didn't put in steps in place to make sure that you had a bonus structure or something or some type of stepping up structure, or it's not always about money. It's compensation and paid time off. Yeah. Things like that. So back to this. So, it's, so it is about putting you back into, back into the process because, like I said, you forget about it. Other than I need to get out of here, and then the rest of the time you're trying to please other people, and assistant, and then you get you get in. You've put yourself in the wrong. You've put yourself on the back foot, a lot. Assistants do this because they're just trying to get the job, and then they get the job, and then they wonder why they're not instantly in a leadership position because so many of them are of. of them are leaders and managers and have those qualities, which is why they're really good at what they're doing. Cause they're basically cross-managing all these people. And it's because that whole narrative from the very beginning has, is all wrong. It's all, I don't want to say it's all wrong, but it's it, for a lot of people, it's, it has a rocky start yeah. and so, because they forget about themselves from that point on. And so what I love that you just, I mean, I, we're talking about this course because we wanted to write it down. It's the same stuff we're saying all the time to people. And I have, I wrote the getting the job course in there, which kind of goes from the steps you have in, it goes into the other courses that we're saying the same thing to people over and over and over again. Yeah. We can't keep seeing the same CVs, mm-hmm. the same tactics is I need a job right now. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Last apply everywhere. And so it's just getting them to slow down mm-hmm. and get it right now. Like everyone should be getting this right now and then just nurturing it. Really, yeah. Right. It's a lifelong commitment 
to create the kind of career that you want. You can't, other people can't give it to you and they can't tell you whether you can do it or not. Mm. If you don't have the belief that you're in a position that you can create the opportunities or you can learn the skills that you need, or you can develop yourself into a place of being able to do it, then you're going to wait a long time for someone to say, I think you can do that. You've got to show up for it. And yeah, there are, there are situations in people that we both know who have had or been given those opportunities, but they are rare. Most people have to be strategic. Yeah. And if we only hear the narrative of people that who are given great opportunities randomly or someone sees something in them that they didn't even know they had themselves, that's a small percentage. What we're trying to explain and reiterate in lots of different ways through the courses, through the webinar, and now through this is to remind you that taking a step back is the way to define what you want and then making it a real plan. Because if you go to recruiters or you go to an interview and you really know what you want, that's what people want to hear. They want to hear you being certain of your ability to step in and help them. Because I want to cheer for you. Like when you say like, that's what it is. I want you, they want you to come in and you define yeah. what's happening. And if they don't want that, then they're a terrible micromanager. You don't want to work for them anyway. Yeah. But even a micromanager wants that. Everybody they want the person they can trust. Yeah. And they want this, they want someone who is clear about what they're really good at. Because even if you're not really good at everything on the list of what their ideal person would have, if you are honest about it and you feel confident to say, these are my real skills, this is what I'm really good at, and this is what I can do for you. I mean, I love that when people tell me that. And, you know, that's the dream. That's the dream is that somebody can articulate and has the self-awareness about what they're really good at. And the, and the business understanding of, or at least understanding at least an entrepreneur's mindset or a, or a leader's mindset in that they don't want to just hear, I am, a, I'm a scheduling whiz. They want to hear the value that you bring to the company. And, and I like to flip that around in the interview and, and make them define it nice yeah. so that I can use those words later in my <laughs> reviews and Thank things. Yeah, exactly. And say, why, why are you, why are you looking for this role? I mean, one of my favorite things to do, and I tell people, and it was, it like changed the way I look at everything. It's all perspective. It just changed. We want to change the way people look at things mm -hmm. is that I'm a problem solver. I'm a mm -hmm. professional problem solver. I've come in because we're going to find out if you've got a problem, I want to know all about that problem. How, how fixing this problem will bring you value, how it will be a growth accelerator for your company. And I'm going to tell you whether, we're going to find out today whether I'm the person that's going to fix that problem, whether someone in my network is going to fix that problem. It takes all the pressure off of me. Mm -hmm. and it makes it an equal conversation. And they really like that. They're like, okay. You know, they like the, the it's not even confidence. It's just, I, I think of it like, almost like I'm a recruit. Like I'm a, I'm providing a service. You are. And I'm going in and saying, okay, and I've placed people 
in jobs that I didn't feel were right for me because the hours didn't work, whatever. And then I find that that person didn't work or something. And they just trusted me so much. They were like, we'll make it work. You want to come in at, at eight and leave at four? That'll work. Like, we'll figure it out. Can you just fill in until we find someone that ends up being like a permanent position? Because they just trusted me so much from that moment that even though on paper, I wasn't ticking all the boxes or they weren't taking all the boxes for me. They liked me so much. I built such a relationship with them that they were willing to bend Mm-hmm. to what I wanted more clout than I realized because I was able to walk away from the table you always do have more even if it doesn't if even if you can't see it just the sheer fact that most people that are interviewing you have never done your job have never done your job never really got into the nuts and bolts about what you do you know they, they, they don't know you've got to help them yeah. And even just by tr- asking those questions back, the power that you have to ask the questions back makes them get introspective and think, oh, why do I need this person? Because they are interviewing you. There is a sense of, I don't want to mess up the, you know, I don't want to mess up our chances with the right candidate either. Yeah. It's a two-way street. Yeah. So you have the power to, to ask those questions. And there are some people that come in and they're just like, and, you know, and, and um, what's the word? An in, not an instigator, investigator, where they're just like rattling off. And you almost feel like they think they're too high and mighty for this job or something. There's, there's a balance between just yeah. this relaxed understanding of there's this role. Let's find out if we can work together and this is going to work. But it all starts with that. Figure out where you want to be. What would you say is like the, should we walk down the pathway of like first yeah, backing sure. up, doing that self-reflection? Look, whether you're in a job now, or you have lost your job, the first thing is to really identify where you want to go next. So we, if you if you look at the course, we really map this out clearly, don't we? Like there's a lot of detail to it because understanding the aspects that work for you, the things that need to change for you, where you want to be next is the only way that you can start the process well and with confidence because until you can actually commit to something that's right for you then it's really hard to communicate it so that's my first bit that I and it's funny because your course and my course overlap there because I have all this stuff about intentional search and a lot of those questions kind of are the same because I'm the same and I thought I was so clever I was like oh intention I came up with the term intentional search and of course I typed into google and I oh once again, I type in the thing and I'm like, no, it is a thing. Why didn't I was like, why did I have to figure it out on my own? Why don't I know? Like, this is why we talk to people. We want more people yeah. to know this before they figure it out on their own, hopefully. But it's ages into the process. So you that's where you and I, this is why I love you so much, because we're we we're definitely preaching from the same soapbox on a lot of this stuff. And you've just done a brilliant uh, job of of getting people to ask themselves the right questions to figure that part out. Yeah, and it's not easy because it requires some patience. Sometimes you don't know straight away. And some of those things you can't answer, but you're going to have to look and investigate and be curious enough to find the answers for yourself. And it's definitely ongoing. The answers change over time and you find better ways of answering them. Yeah, Like stuff will roll around in your head and then you'll suddenly go, oh, that's that's what it is. Or I mean, even now I'm still, I just was updating my LinkedIn yesterday and better at defining what people should be looking for if they're looking for our services or what we're trying to do and, and researching. And I'm constantly 
learning myself, which is funny because that really naturally leads into like the next step you talk about, but um, is that I'm constantly learning every Friday. I take a course myself and I'm really fascinated into this one instructional design course. I studied it at university, but I haven't touched up on it recently. And, um, and it just had me, it just was, it's amazing the inspiration you get from it and the momentum when you're already feeling like for someone who's feeling down right now, that's trying to find a role. Yeah. That just look, trying to learn and gain some skills and doing research can be quite motivating. It can, it can getting your head down and just getting into it can, can actually propel you and can give you fuel. Yeah, completely. And I, and also we don't often give ourselves much time to say, how am I going to define this? How am I going to do it? We feel like job searching is something that just, we're all supposed to instinctively know how to do it and do it really well. And also we can do it while we're doing 400 other things. Like how hard is it to write an application? You know, it takes a lot of focus. It's it's exhausting. Until you have to do it. And then you're like, why are they asking me to put in everything for yeah. my resume or my CV again? And then if you don't know about bots, if you don't know about uh, yeah. application tracking systems, you don't understand why you have to do that again and why it <laughs> takes time and why every company is making you do it. And it's a necessary it's an, I don't want to say evil, but it's a necessary process that's yeah. just a pain that is a little bit of a pain, but it's another place where you have control. Yeah, you do. Because every time you do it, every time you apply for a job, every time you speak about what you can do, regardless of the outcome, you are getting better at defining and being clear and talking about it. So 100%. I know I see a lot of people who are upset of course that they don't get any feedback right that, that would really upset me too if I'd applied for a job and no one had ever got back to me but nothing that you do as part of your job search is a waste of time and I can say that confidently because watching people in their careers every time they apply for something every time they redefine what they do they are more capable of getting to the point where they speak about what they do well because if you've been in a job for six years and you've spent six years where you haven't had to outline what you do and what you're good at you need some practice so take every opportunity to practice talking about yeah. what you do I mean even if you're in a job right now and you're clearly happy where you are and you're not thinking of anything if your HR department suddenly came to you and said we'd like to update your job description <laughs> Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd get sweaty. I'd be like, you know what you do, you know, your value, but at the same time, getting it out on paper is so hard to do. And, and, you know, I've been thinking, I'm like, I want to create a bank of, of descriptions so people can, cause it is hard. It's hard to be able to find the, the vocabulary that encapsulates all that you do, especially as an assistant, because you do everything, yeah. you do a little bit of everything. And depending on you can be a very transactional assistant. You could be more of a, a cultural assistant where you're in charge of, maybe you're an office manager, but not an office manager as far as facilities goes, which you could be, but you could be an office manager in charge of, and a startup in charge of all the culture, all the activities, all the onboarding, which is what I was. I wasn't, I wasn't, though I was, I had a toolkit, I had a drill under the desk, I had all that stuff, but you do so much stuff and getting that down on paper is very hard which is why it's so important to do it now because it really does affect everything. It affects your ability to 
clearly articulate what you do in your annual review, mm -hmm. to clearly articulate you do what you do when you're in a job interview. Yeah. When somebody asks you what you do and just, yeah. I, I've talked to assistants before that, I've talked to several assistants before, one that had a real rivalry with a friendship where they both went to law school together and then one became an assistant and the other one went the other way. And she had real jealousy and embarrassment of her title. And she was working for a very big company, having a lot of clout where her friend who was more successful actually was not doing, it was not having as much um, influence in the company as this other assistant. An impact, yeah. So she almost needed to articulate that to herself. She had to, she had to figure out for herself that she wasn't just an assistant and that in her own social circles, that had clout. And I know I said this on, I've said this exact term, I think on the last podcast we recorded, which is I see these assistants go toe to toe with CEOs. CEOs say, I need this person next to me to help run my life. Yeah. So it's this weird paradox that we're in that we first need to define it for ourselves and then be able to articulate to other people. So you have, so doing this now or slowly starting to plant these seeds. Like I see your course as like, as just a beautiful wild seed pack. Like let's drop these seed, these thought bombs, these little seeds of thought that you will think about and define and roll through your mind. And it should be helping you right now. It, this can help you with defining your role now, defining what you want to be and being able to, to understand your own value and be able to explain that to others, because let's face it, that's what assistants <laughs> need to do. A lot of the times we do, we have to, we, it's, we're, we're kind of already have this weird, like I said, paradox in, in our industry. So I love that this, these lessons that you're teaching, these ways of thinking, see, when you hear them, don't they seem so, well, of course that makes sense. Of course that makes sense that I should probably decide what I want to do and understand the value of my own job and the services I provide before I can go into an interview and talk to somebody about it. But we're so used to the traditional way of doing things, the traditional way of writing CVs, which has words like excellence. And oh, okay. The word excellence, I honestly... <laughs> Well, yeah, great organizer. I can hear the eye roll. Yeah, you can because because you're if you if you are using words like that, you're not defining yourself in your own eyes clearly enough about what you can achieve and what you can do. It's too generic. It's like I've just read I've read the back of a of the one hundredth cereal box on you know on the same cereal, and I see and we see that over. I mean, like I don't to be honest, it's very rare that I see a CV that shocks me. I would say, not very rare. I would say like, if I see 10 CVs, two are hitting the mark. Yeah. And eight are the traditional 25 years, excellent customer service dedicated to, and it's that, and I, and I, I don't know about you, but I hate a summary at the top of a CV. Oh, I love a summary. Oh, see, I, I I don't like when they're third person. Oh no 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 not third person. But right, but they're all all the ones I see are always third person yeah. or a a um what would they say like a dedicated executive assistant with twenty five years experience and yeah. that's what they always start at and I'm like you wrote this I know you wrote this mm -hmm. so say I am yes ah uh, yeah such a good point I am and 
tell me what you want to do next. Please, I like that. Please tell me what you want to do next. I can't, I'm not a mind reader, obviously, otherwise I'd be in a different job. But I, I need to know when I'm looking at someone's CV, what you want to do, because it is assumed that if you've applied for it, you're interested in it. But if your skill set doesn't 100% match up, then there'll be an automatic question mark about why you want to do it. So if you are planning some kind of move in your career, whether it's in a different direction or a different industry or a different style of role, or there are so many different options, but if you can outline what it is that you want, you are automatically taking away an enormous question mark because if I can't see it immediately, that means I'm going to have to take steps to, to ask you what you want to do. That's going to take time. And that's no problem. But if there are 10 other people who I can automatically see they can do it, then my focus may be on them first. And so if you can outline, exactly. yeah, if you can just outline what it is that you want and make sure you send it to the right job, right? Make sure you tailor it to the right one and you don't set a Send the one that you've tailored for another job. Yeah. yeah. Or the C or the cover letter. Oh, <laughs> the the cover, letter. <laughs> cover that says the wrong name of the company, the wrong job title. So I, I feel like that is part of why really understanding what you want is important because that's the first opportunity you get to articulate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- it's funny that... You- well, let me ask you this. Do you feel, how long do you think you look at a CV or someone's LinkedIn and you decide you're going to spend energy finding out more about that person for a role that you have? Cause you do it a little bit differently. Some companies will have a pool, like a big yeah. pool and everyone just keeps registering and they just keep blasting out what the roles are. Yeah. Or I know you and a couple other recruiters, um, start with the client obviously and then you're you're a you're a very concise matchmaker and you know you have your pull naturally by doing this yeah. but your your method is more going out and trying to find the right person and, and I, you once said to me you don't approach someone unless you think they could very well be the right candidate yeah. for the job you're not just going okay this person matches this criteria in my pool of yeah. thousands and thousands and you don't know if they're still working how it's been updated whatever you're you're a little bit more strategic yeah we love this word i love it about how you do it so when you're looking for that person it takes energy in this in this any way that you, you recruit how long do you think it takes before you've decided it's worth investing to get to know someone more Tons of cvs can take me ages I know that I'll look and there's that that statistic isn't it's like seven seconds Mm -hmm. and actually if you if you leave a pause for seven seconds actually quite a long time yeah yeah. I was gonna say mine are pretty quick when I've went through CVs before I'm I'm disqualifying them pretty quickly but what I like to do is I have an order of looking at a CV so I do I'm very (laughs) I'm repetitive in the way that I approach it I look at your first job then I look at your summary, then I look at everything else. So for my mind, I want to know what you're doing. I love that you look at the first job. I was just thinking about this the other day and and thinking you look at the first job that's listed on the CV or the first job that they have, like as in chronologically. Are you looking at the last job they had or the 
So I'll look at the, the first job that's on the CV, which is their last job. Yeah. Then I'll look at their summary and then I want to go all the way back. So I yeah. always do it. It's like a loop for me. Yeah. Yeah. In that way, as I'm looking at it, I can see what you've done now, as in what your most recent experience is. But also I want to find out what you want to do. So that's why I go to the summary in the hope of finding that information there. And then I loop it back because for me, I want to see where you've come from after that. What's the progression been? What does it look like from where you started? And sometimes you don't, people don't have their like first jobs on there anymore, right? Oh yeah, have, no, I don't. <laughs> you don't have your first job, but I like- Education people. doesn't have dates on it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, that's where, but where did you, where, how has your career moved through the different stages? Or has it, have you joined at a certain level and you've stayed consistently? in roles that are very similar or has there been a huge arc of growth in it's hard to tell just by title for an assistant it's impossible to tell just by title so I but also I'm looking at companies or kind of companies if you worked in um yeah yeah that's true responsibilities supported yeah because that way because also because I've been doing it for a long time and lots of companies I know lots of styles of working I know uh, and what they like to recruit for mm-hmm. so it gives me a good idea so if you're right when you're writing it if you can remember that's I don't think that's how every recruiter does it but that's pretty much the no I would say I do that I look at their last job I would then look at the summary and then I would start through yeah. I'm just thinking of the times that I've either hired for my replacement or something yeah. that seems like I a natural way to do things yeah. and yeah, I, just, I want to, I want from a CV, what I really want is to know certain things. I want to know where you're going, what you've done. And you're trying to build the story of that. Yeah, I need to find out the story. And, and that's why I think if the CV, I like to say that the CV is like the starter for a meal. And then your LinkedIn is like your main course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the main course in your LinkedIn is where you can get into all the depth that you can't, you just don't have the space to get into on your CV. And that's why having that boiled down so well to the essence of what you are and not just, it really is not just listing over and over and over again, calendar management, general administrative duties, And I see that over and over and over again. And I'm like, put that as the last bullet point, also responsible for, and I've even had that same line at each, whenever it was on that job, I'll put that on there. Um, Or I'll, if it's coming up over and over again, I'll put it at the bottom, also responsible, but I will only, but just putting, depending on how, what you're applying for and where you are in your career, just putting the key bits that you're the most proud of, or that tell the story of your journey and and my word this year is storytelling because I'm determined, I'm figuring out how empower, how powerful stories are. Not that people don't know this, but I, I I think it's becoming it's the right word at the right time for me. And it and it is that's this part. And I think what we the the trap that everyone falls into. So we're like we're busting myths today. We're myth busting basically. And I think that, yeah. And so I think what people uh, the myth is that you're supposed to tell them everything. You're supposed to get out your entire history and they will see your value, but that's not, that is not enough. They will see, 
administrative assistant, they might see your job title change. They might see who you support change, might see your company changes. And that's big keys, but you need to put was responsible for this big conference or responsible for a 48 person team and supported two executives and their titles were this. What, how did you bring value? I brought calm to the chaos of, a, of an executive who was merging two teams. I helped implement um, collaboration activities or I'm not great at doing yeah, something like but something like that where you're saying yeah. like, you helped solve the problem for that person at the time. So somebody else is thinking, oh my God, which is happening right now. Everybody's restructuring. Yeah. Teams are coming together. Any assistant that says they've done a, an office, helped with an office move, helped with merging companies or acquisitions, helped with merging teams, taking on um, uh, new executives and helping and staying with them, being loyal. Not necessarily, you should be loyal to the company first over the executive, but that if you've been with that person throughout their career and they've advanced and so you've advanced with them, was yeah. promoted to this because I moved with this person, it's yeah. Value. And it's thinking about that instead of just regurgitating the things that you've done and who you worked for over time. It, it's 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 telling the story. It's going further into the storytelling of your steps you've got you've taken to get to where you are now. It's so true because I would put a very high percentage of people that misrepresent themselves on their CV. Yeah. And you know it right away and you're like, okay, we're going to start all over. (laughs) Yeah, because what happens is, is that I'll see the CV, I'll think one thing, I'll call, and then we're getting into a whole different realm. Mm -hmm. And that's confusing. Yeah. It's nice when the whole different realm is is a nice, pleasant surprise, but sometimes it's not. Or you talk to the person and you just, I've talked to people I know they've got something there's something about them they've got the drive but they still aren't clearly articulating it Mm -hmm. and and I feel bad because it's not to any fault of their own we're just taught to communicate the way we're taught to communicate and it takes time to develop that but I know high high level EAs that I would struggle to put into an interview because I'm not sure that they are they're able to articulate the value that they bring uh, and it all starts with the CV. And I, we, you and I have said, like, we've been, I've been asked lots to, about if I am a CV writer, will I rewrite people's CVs? And I don't, <laughs> I don't want to, I help people. That's why I want to create this bank. I want to create a place where people can learn about the language they should be using other than just like in our course, in my course, I've got a great keyword. Yeah. Getting job course. I've got a great keyword. Um, finder. And then I also say, you know, look through the job description and highlight like the jobs that you want when you've done this self-reflection, the jobs that you want, print out a bunch of them, whether they're in your area or not, and take a highlighter. They'll tell you what you should say. They will tell you what you should say. Like the roadmap is in front of you and it's what the bots will read. They're going to read the exact words and looking for it. So if they say confidentiality, you put trustworthy, change it to confidentiality. And you'll become up as a higher percentage of a match once you once you apply. It's these little tricks and tips that you have yeah. control over that might get you seen over somebody else because you change that little word, right? Yeah, and it will get you seen over other people. But can I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to 
in a jokey way, start a campaign to remove diary management from executive <laughs> assistant CV. Yeah, yeah. Or calendar management was what we call it yeah. in the States. But yeah, it's we had about five or six years where everybody's CV looked the same. And I am not kidding. I still have that. I still have from, that. Yeah, from from somebody who's got a year as an assistant, mm-hmm. someone who's really experienced and senior. And they had the first five things on their CV were always the same. Do you do you do you want to see the most powerful stuff first? Yeah. Yeah. But I also want to see the most relevant stuff first. And this is um It's hard because a lot of the job descriptions say diary management. I know. So a lot of the job descriptions say the thing. But don't put it first. Don't, exactly. Don't put it exactly. First, as Lauren was saying. But I was looking at someone's CV the other day with them and their CV was a great CV, had a lot of EA and um, office management stuff. And they were applying for EA roles and they were getting no success at all. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we looked at the CV, it was really clear why that that person had prioritized all the office management things first so when someone read it their assumption was it was a really heavy office management role with a little bit of EA Mm -hmm. so that was just a small bit of information that can change everything about how somebody reads your CV I feel like we're trying to we're uncovering the truth the truth that they know about themselves like as an assistant I know I have this is why we get so frustrated we walk in and we just assume people should know we have value but we're giving it all away from the moment we walk from the moment we we meet someone in an interview I was doing that over and over and over again going in and saying oh I'm just really you know giving off that thirsty vibe of I just want to help and get in here and and over committing and promising from the very beginning. I don't know why you don't do this. I know how to do this, this, and that. And then you find out when you get in there, there's a reason why they haven't started these. There's slow processes, red tape. They don't have the budget, the IT guy is whatever. You learn all these things. So I've now become much better at that, but it, but I didn't realize how much value I was giving away in the beginning because I was just like, oh yeah, I can do all that. We'll get this inventory fixed up. We'll do this. I'll fix your whole onboarding process. But even then I'm still at least giving more value than a lot of people do in the, yeah. in the interview. But really what I, what, like I said, I've now done is, is flipped it to say, you have a problem. You have an issue that you're trying to solve. Someone is leaving. I always ask, why are they leaving? Yeah, please ask why they're leaving. Yeah, I ask why they're leaving. Is it on good terms? Um, What could that person, what did that person do in that role that they worked really well? What did they do in that role? What happened in that role? Maybe not that person, but what happened in that role that didn't work? Especially if they've said, oh, they left and we don't really know where they went. Like when you get that vibe and but to, I want to know what's going on. I come in as a, like a consultant now, as opposed to a fixer of all things, hostess of the party that I used to come in at. And I think of my CV in the same way now yeah. of as a consultant selling my services, you're saying, you know, you said we're not a commodity, but if you think of it as you're an entrepreneur and that's really big, I've seen a lot of assistant jobs coming up where they're like entrepreneurial. Um, That's the new buzzword. Yeah. Is it the new buzzword. Yeah. It's coming up a lot. And the thing is, if you're entrepreneurial, you'll end up 
being an entrepreneur, but we do serve, we want to help other people. Um, and I'm getting, we're getting better at articulating that, but if you keep putting the doing instead of the value, you're never going to help other people bridge that gap and you're not going to bridge that gap in your own mind. And you're going to struggle and be on this hamster wheel of, I know I have value. I can feel it in my gut. I can't quite articulate it. I don't know why I'm not getting the raises I want. I don't know why I'm not landing the job I want, but we are contributing to that narrative. We're not until we get this right within ourselves and we have the help that we need to get there. And that's why recruiters are great because they help be the buffer that says where a company doesn't give that much feedback, especially directly to a person, because especially in the States, there's liability issues. If, if someone can say, you didn't hire me because of this, yeah. you'd be sued in the States. Yeah. So they really lock down what they say. However, passing it through a recruiter allows this buffer where you can be a bit more candid mm-hmm. and you can get a bit more feedback. And this person can stop you and say, wait a second, we need to clean this all up or you need to clean this up. Let's it's, but it's like an education. It must be an education every time. <laughs> Cause I feel like it's an education every time somebody passes me their CV. And then I find them apologizing because they realize, oh, I, I should have been doing this, but we're like uncovering this truth. Yeah, because I just I feel like we're busting the myth. Oh, yeah, because the, the people just don't talk about it. We don't have access to recruiters unless we um, are going for a role. And also, you know, recruiters work in lots of different ways. There are different types. So some are really consultative and some aren't. And mm. but if you if you find somebody that's true, you can talk to a recruiter that you can talk to and he'll be honest with you, then that is uh, that's a really great relationship to have. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're a you hundred, they will. If you can imagine, let's let's okay, let's flip it. As I said earlier, I represent, I work for my client because they pay my fee. I represent the people that are going forward. It is my job and your recruiter's job to represent you. I hate recommending people for jobs. I'm much better at now because I've really care about it, but that's your job. Your job is to recommend people for a job. And I remember the anxiety I would get for just recommending one person. (laughs) This is your job. So yeah, it's doing on you. But it's also about, if you can be honest about what you want, then that recruiter can represent you so much better. Tell them what you want. Tell them the salary that you want. They might say that's ridiculous. You're never going to. They're setting the scene before you even get in there. Yeah, exactly. They're putting, they're getting you on the pedestal on the first step instead of walking in and and backpedaling. Yeah. Because I negotiate, I'll negotiate your salary. That's part of my job. And to get you the best that you can get from that scenario. Mm -hmm. And that's why, as we keep going back to it, being able to articulate what you want allows you to do well in so many different areas in your job search because it's not just about doing well in an interview that's just a tiny part of the process you need to explain so people are on your side you need to articulate yourself and your value so that you can really set yourself up for a great next role and when you're excited about not just one that you're like 
I'm going to take that. And of course, we've all had jobs where we take them for the sake of taking a job because we need to feed ourselves and pay rent and mortgages. But if as much as you can take the control, then you've got the space to be able to make the decisions and call the shots. Yeah. That's what I like. I totally agree. And in that webinar where we were talking about this, you know, talking about being able to articulate your value, be able to have this self-reflection to be able to land the job that you want. We also want to make sure we are very clear with people to say the steps might be right now that you work delivering medication for the NHS because they're into a role right now, but you are serving and you, because you have to bring money and you have to pay the bills. um, You have to make sure that you're taking care of you and your family first, but that doesn't mean it's the end of that particular role that is a stepping stone and I think for assistants especially the more varied our background is the more we know about how different companies work we're so we're so perfectly placed to learn so much about all these different industries that I find when I go into roles now or when I use well now that I own my own company but when I still consult with with companies when I go in to talk to my clients and the fact that I'm able to say this is how that person does it Mm -hmm. uh has so much value. So being able to see how distribution happens yeah. and be able to do these things, there's still a stepping stone to get you where you want. They're not a step back. Everything is a step forward. Everything is a step towards that. If you, if you know where you want to go. Yeah. Um, because you can and, piece it together is what you mean, I think, isn't it? Yes. And I think a recruiter is very good at picking those, picking those out. There are some recruiters that aren't, they just want to see, there's a lot of recruiters that aren't, they just, they, they have a role, they have strict um, quotas, they have, you know, they, they're under pressure. And so the easiest yeah. path to victory is, is the victory. But working with, uh, you find the, the person that you like working with, who gets you, who understands the roles that you're looking for, and then nurturing those relationships, even once you've had a role. That's how I, that's how I find my way into being a private PA it was because someone had approached me for something. And luckily, I had done the work. I'd done the self-reflection. Okay. I had updated my digital profile so that I was approachable. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I used to get approached all the time um, because I really had hit the right formula and was constantly tweaking it. But this person approached me. I have to be eight months pregnant at the time. So I said, unless this company is really <laughs> good imagination. I don't think they're going to hire me, but he remembered me and we nurtured that relationship. We just got on. He still talked to me. I told him I was pregnant, but he yeah. still wanted to have a call because he really liked what he saw. He was, he knew there was value in me and he could, he could see a role coming up in the future, the kinds of roles he places yeah. where he kept me in his pocket, course, you know, yeah. if you will. And then I think that was he talked to me in October, had my baby in November. And in January, he contacted me again and said, listen, I know you just had a baby, but you wow. had said you were interested in being a private PA. This woman just is moving to New York. You just came from New York, but she's lived here forever. She wants, it, it just was the perfect match. So, so being able to work on that digital profile, getting that CV, right. Getting that LinkedIn profile, right. Is I've said, this, I say that the ultimate goal of LinkedIn is that you don't have to apply. Of course you have to apply, but if you can be approached for a role, if that's the ultimate goal, that's what you're always working towards. Now that's the nirvana, whether you're going to get there or not. And it is a constant tweaking, like every month or two, it is just like little tweaks where you just look on there and I go, okay. And you've seen, you've looked through somebody else's CV or LinkedIn profile and you're like, oh, that's such a great way to say that. That's really what I mean. And then adopting it for, 
for you, not just straight copying, but adopting it for the way that you would want to articulate it for yourself. And it's a constant process that we all should be, if you haven't done it, you should be starting now so that hopefully if you're, if you're doing this self-reflection, if anyone, it's not even if you believe in abundance or manifesting or anything, okay. this is like real manifesting. This is yeah, literally manifesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are doing the work that gets you closer to the thing you want and the way that affects you. I just want people to see the way that it affects them. It's doing this work affects the way people view you from the outside because recruiters are looking all the time for people to fill certain roles. So making sure that the roles you want are articulated in your LinkedIn profile now is really going to help you. That CV is what gets your foot in the door. I always think, I actually like always see the piece of paper sliding under someone's door I like and that. then someone looking at it and then opening the door to say, okay, I want to have a conversation with you. And that's a lot of pressure on a piece of paper. It's a lot. That's why people get anxious about it. It's a lot fun. of pressure. It's a but crazy way to do things. That's why LinkedIn is so good, I think. I think so too, because I really feel, I feel like CVs are so outdated. The whole process of applying for jobs and it's going through an evolution and I, I don't mm. know that well, that's so good to hear. it's going to stay or not stay. But at least you have LinkedIn now to back up anything else, like a brilliant safety net. It is a brilliant safety net. People can see the comments you've been making the groups that you're in, the recommendations from other people, like it does half the job for you. It, it starts to build this story of you. And I really love the new function where you can um, record your name. Yeah, I know. You love doing that. I haven't done that. I forgot to do that. Oh, I love it because I'm, I'm like, well, my name's Lauren Bradley. It, it's not, it's not a very complicated name. Um, so I don't need to use it for people to learn how to pronounce my name, which by the way, is so brilliant. I posted about the guy that came up with it um, at LinkedIn because I think he's just like, of course you should have this on there because it is really hard yeah, when you don't hard. Know yeah, you don't want to offend people or be rude. I mean, I it's always people. embarrassing to ask someone and then they say it and then your brain can't compute sometimes. And I have an official who's been an official for ages. Was it, maybe it was in our webinar. I was like, is it Kayla? I think it was. Yeah. I, was like, is it Kayla? Yeah, is it Kayla? I said, I'm so sorry. Cause I know you, but I read all the Harry Potter books and called her Hermione for the whole thing. <laughs> Cause I'd never heard the name Hermione before. And That's so like, until somebody, and then I watched the first movie and I was like, ah, oh, this makes so much sense. Oh, got embarrassing. It. <laughs> but the other thing that it does is it allows you them to hear your personality. So mine says, yeah. Hi, I'm Lauren Bradley. Welcome to my LinkedIn profile. So it's it's more of like a welcoming nice. uh, recording instead of just Lauren Bradley. Oh, like a voicemail message. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to say like, welcome to my profile. Uh, you can even say like, I'm Lauren Bradley. I am a corporate trainer and mentor, and I can't wait to connect with you. Like it could be, it's this... It, it just gets you one step closer to understanding who that person is and understanding that they, they can articulate, they have, they can, they, that little one the reference. sentences the reference. was, was, is a huge leap forward from what they just see on a CV, especially in recommendations. I can't, I can't drive home how important recommendations are enough. And what LinkedIn eventually essentially is, is your SEO Mm-hmm. website you need to yeah. pack that thing full of the right keywords for the job that you want and that will change over time because you will evolve 
roles will evolve the way you said buzzwords like entrepreneurial um what was the other one you mentioned one to me last time we talked that everyone was looking for oh i can't remember what it was digitally aware digitally aware tech i see tech savvy a lot entrepreneurial agile agile yeah we see that one a lot as well and and um, we're seeing less of multitasking. That words I see, I yeah, see that's, out yeah, of it. Nobody needs that because also yeah, prove that it doesn't. It's not very effective. Yes, people feel a bit frightened. It isn't effective. However, it is a necessary. necessary. I, I, I say task batching is the same. Uh, it's same multitasking. It's when you bunch together yeah. activities that are similar. So like I do all my yeah. follow-up on a Friday morning. So even though I might be following up with different people or chasing a bill or chasing a person to confirm an appointment or to follow up, those are all different, but all the follow-ups the same. So mentally it makes, it's an easier transition. I'm not task switching. Yeah, I hate so much. It's, oh, it's just, it's too much. My brain can't handle it anymore. My, I, I well, my brain definitely can't. I'm, I, I, I just, because it takes me so long to get back into it, then start it. And then with your kids home and stuff. Yeah. Well, we we did lots of different things during day. It's a we? constant restart. It's why I'm, everything's covered in post-its because I'm leaving. I'm constantly talking to myself with these little neon pieces of paper trying to figure out where I left things off. But um, but it's really important that you get all of these all of these steps right and 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 un- busting these myths about your LinkedIn profile is just a CV. Yeah. Your LinkedIn profile is a way for other people to find you. Mm-hmm. That's the way that recruiters can find you and start to build the, the story of you. When you have recommendations, what that is, is somebody with clout, mm-hmm. hopefully with impressive title, opening the door a little bit further for you and saying, let me introduce you, which is why I like to put them at the top of CVs. And I yeah. can tell you, it's it, it has got me into interviews with the royal family it's got yeah you love doing that i know i i haven't seen many people do that nobody does it and it's been a few over the years but very very few but when you have when i have the ceo of a company that got that says warner brothers labs the co-founder the two co-founders of warner brothers labs which was drama fever that got sold to warner brothers yeah. and their names and you search their names they're all over the news because they were being acquired yeah. and all this stuff and they're saying i was the best thing that ever happened to the culture of that company and that's the first line you read i like that's why i like those over a summary because someone else is just it, that feels more natural to me that somebody's just you know talked about me and i feel all good and then i'll write my summary used to be um, it used to be cruise ship director plus nurse plus handyman plus digital genius equals me. Like that's literally, I had an equation. That was my summary. And then I went into my stuff because it showed a bit of my personality. Yeah, it's fun. Got me in the door over and over and over again. That little bit of different mixed with confidence mm-hmm. and personality. That's, that's like the spark. Cause when you, they all look the same, you need that. You need something, yeah, you do. Differentiator. You definitely do. And if you, and that's why people struggle with making or personalizing their CVs. You know, trying to make it stand out feels difficult. And that's why. Yes, it's very, especially for an assistant. (laughs) Yeah, and also, but also because I want, I, I like to see a CV 
that really is a CV. I don't want it to be too. I totally agree. I, no, I don't want a lot. Of you're not a graphic or... designer. It doesn't need no, to no, look really... like a sweets packet. <laughs> no, but it shouldn't either because it actually yeah. makes it harder. You, you can't, um, your eye wants to naturally go where it's supposed to go to find the information I need. Just the way yeah. that you creatively put that information. Yes. The best articulators. So I totally agree with you. I tell people, I'm like, don't go too crazy. No, no jazzy CVs, thanks. What do you think about pictures on CVs? No, I don't like them. Yeah, a lot of people are doing that lately. I think with with Canva and a lot of these people have their picture in the corner. And actually, I think they've proven that your picture on your CV lessens the chance of you getting a role, but your picture, not having your picture on your LinkedIn profile hurts you. Yeah, it really does. And so it's not weird. Because I need to see your face. It's because... Or do you not see LinkedIn as something important enough? Or if someone's only- Yes, and then it's like, how tech savvy are you? Yeah. Even just your LinkedIn, your yeah. LinkedIn URL. Yeah. If I see you still have those numbers and I'm looking for a tech savvy person. If you still have the generic URL that, that LinkedIn has spewed out for you, instead of changing it to a vanity URL with that's easier, it says your name or whatever, then I think, well, this person's not tech savvy enough. I do. I literally, I like judge. I know I shouldn't. You can get more of a picture of somebody. Like I just talked to someone the other day and I didn't realize till after our mentorship call that she had done that. I thought I have to remind her to do that. She's in a great job and she is tech savvy. And I know that's not the case, but I just thought I better remind her in case that that is trips her up in the future. Um, But it's these little, yeah, it's these little things that you just, you just want to look and make sure they're ticking the natural boxes that show they're professional. Mm -hmm. And modern, not modern, but with the times, let's just put it that way. Just with the, with the times of understanding what businesses are looking for. But I think though, that in the career course that I've done for you and the Mm -hmm. getting the job course that you did yourself, that's going to both those courses together are really they're really valuable because they they really essentially anything that you've heard today they're in there and there are and what Lauren's done which is brilliant is to create documents that you can use and workbooks that you can use so that you are able to keep a record of things and your thoughts and ideas so if you use the courses together I think they're pretty powerful aren't they I think they really, I think they really cover the gamut because your course is like a bookend Yeah. Uh, because you could, you should, that's cyclical. You should keep yeah, all the time revisiting that. But I find that I'm saying these things over and over. And I know you are yeah. saying these things over and over to people. And to be honest, my getting the job course was my flagship course. And it took me six, six months to write that. We release a course every month. So I'm usually writing one every month or so. And this one took me six months because there's so many things you can control in this process. Yeah. And, and I still didn't define it all because we needed your course. And I, I can even see other courses to come that help, help along the way. And, uh, and so any advice that you and I would give whenever anyone asks me about a CV or their journey, I go, please, please yeah. take this affordable course. Like, cause you know yeah. me, I can't, it has to be as like affordable as humanly possible. Yeah, and to. yeah, exactly. And it take this course. It has, I've recorded this because I don't want to repeat myself. Let's be yeah. efficient with our time and then come to me with your CV and let's sit down and work on it together because we want you to succeed. We want you to go through it, but take, learn the principles here in this easy digestible way. 
Yeah. We literally made a roadmap. We literally, yeah. like, one of the things is an actual vision of a map, which I've, I've had in my head for so long. I'm so Thank glad you. that we got to do it with your course um, to then say, okay, well, this, this person is just, these experts have just data dumped this to me. I'm going to rework it in the way I want. And then I would happily review anyone that takes, I would happily review where they are or ask questions. We have a Slack group. If you become a member, um, we have a Slack group where we're constantly communicating. There's one for each, there's a channel for each course. So that's where you would ask the questions and get feedback. You could post your CV, strip out the sensitive information, you know, ask for feedback from other people. And there's such a loving community that they do that. But I just, I just love that we've now recorded this. There's video, there's workbooks. We walk you through the process so that you're not alone. And it's yeah. not this big, scary thing, but there's a lot of myths that are getting busted in all of this. And I think, honestly, I think it doesn't matter if you're an assistant or not like this course, every, yeah. these courses, everyone should take this looking for a role. And in the webinar as well. They can get the webinar that we did. Yeah. Uh, and the webinar is free. And it's a lot in there, didn't we? We'll link it with the pod. Yeah. We'll put it all in there. I'll yeah. put all the links in, but we did loads in there. We, it was really interesting because we had questions from people too about their own careers and the, I think the main thing is that you're not on your own. Everybody experiences this at some point or another and has to try and work around it. And these two courses together mean that you don't have to try and work around it. It's all laid out for you already. And the webinar and the podcast. I mean, like there is. We're trying to tell you. (laughs) What to us, I think you and I are just so passionate about this because it is something that's once people hear the information, it's like a no brainer. It's of course we should be doing this. I know, but we are really fighting against a tide of tradition. Like I keep Mm -hmm. seeing those regular CVs those those traditional, I mean, I did two day CV review, um, for Miss Jones PA event, um, virtual summit. And it was, it was the same conversation over and over and over again. And each time they were apologizing, people was like, don't apologize. You're doing what you were taught to do. That's great. Shows you can follow instructions. Yeah, and, yeah. But this, we really need more people to understand um, that they have value and they don't necessarily have to go to a CV writer, no. which I would love to meet a great CV writer. Really, 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 really would. But I have yet to see someone's CV that went through a CV writer that, that I felt made impact. And they spent a lot of money, a lot, a lot yeah. of money. I would love to team up with a CV writer because yeah. I don't want to write them. <laughs> so if anyone knows any good ones, recommend them. Yeah, you please let us know if there's some good ones. But I think also part, if you can approach it as part of writing your own CV is about, as Lauren and I were saying earlier, defining your own story, yes. being a, able to articulate yourself, then you feel in control of it. And yeah. you, if you leave it to somebody else, how can you sell that yeah how can you you can get the cv might get you through the door to the interview but then how do you marry that with you when you're there so there's loads we 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 keep talking about it we want i mean we can honestly have one of these podcasts every week i think yeah i think so too but we just want people to do we want you to have what you want i feel like that's how i approach it i want you to have what you want in your career and there aren't that many people you can ask openly and honestly without them having a vested interest, how you can do these things. So that's why we're trying to 
give all the information to there, you. There's so many weird mis like matches in the world. When you see like couples that you're like, if those people can be together, there's a match for somebody. And I think there's 7 billion people in the world. There's so many companies and each company has admins and assistants. Mm -hmm. I actually think it's just figuring out the right spell, the right combination yeah. of, of ingredient, not spell recipe. What's the recipe yeah, okay. that, that gets you there. And it does exist. It's just because you the role you might want might be in a different country or you, you're not going to get it if you're living in rural countryside. Yeah. But figuring that out and figuring out faster and deciding what in your you what you want in your life, not just your yeah. job, like what do you want in your life? Mm -hmm. And I really do think there's way more opportunity than people understand. They just have to figure out what parameters they're working with and what it all starts with that very first yeah. self-reflection. And I just think. Um, you're so lovely. Cause I could just, I know you have such a serving heart and that you really, really, we all just want people to do this. Like really, I'll, I keep talking about, I keep doing free CV reviews for different things because I just want to, yeah, exactly. Cause it's just like, please let's, let's, let's get the momentum going. So we don't have to talk about it so much. People know they have to do it and then they go to where they need it, but we're still in the heavy education process. I think. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything. It's been so fun to talk to you about it. Everything will be in the show notes so everybody can find every bit of information. The link to my course, to the officials, to Lauren's course. You Podcast, can buy or the um, webinar. Aren't you? you can buy those separately, the courses, if you're not a member, which is, I think, a really cool new feature to be able to do that. But if you do that, you are missing out on the community. And I think the support of other people is amazing within the officials. So all the information about that, the webinar, I mean, you've got, you've got access to a lot of talking. Yeah. And, and, a, and a free code. We'll put, we'll put a discount code. In yes. too. Oh, you lucky things. We love them. We love them. We just want to do. Succeed. I just want everybody to do really well and be really happy about what they do. And I hope today's been a Wouldn't the world be better? <laughs> it would. <laughs> it would. But I know today's been really valuable. Thank you for sharing all your expertise and your understanding your own personal experience. It's been brilliant. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Anne. Okay. I loved talking to Lauren about this topic and believe you me, we could have gone on for another couple of hours. This is so important because these things and perspectives and the things that we talk about can change your entire career trajectory, how much money you earn, what kind of job you get. And I really, really hope you do check out the courses. Go to jointheofficials.com to check out the membership and the courses. Or you can have a look at the course on its own if you go to jointheofficials.com forward slash career growth. And don't forget to use the career growth uh, code. That's what it's called, isn't it? Code where you get $10 off the course at the checkout. And do get in touch with Lauren. I know she's looking forward to hearing from you. And I really, really hope that you found this helpful and informative and that if you have any questions, you can get in touch with either of us. You know, we're happy to hear from you all the time. And I will be back next week. So take care of yourselves.